Yeah, and I want to go after more. Who wants more of God? Like, I'm serious. God is stirring up just something. If anyone has known me, they know that I'm constantly hungry for more of God. Like, I'm constantly seeking more of God. But I'm telling you, something different is happening. Like, there, there is like, I could feel this burning inside. And so I, I hope that you guys are ready for a ride. Because, because I want to start pressing in. Right? I'm like studying revivals and stuff. <laughs> like, I'm studying revivals and I'm saying, God, what does this look like today? And I think he's putting this hunger inside of me. And I think he's preparing us. That's not even what I'm preaching on. I'm just hungry. Like, I, I just, I want to go after more. And so we're going to start doing prayer nights, and we're going to start doing, you know, worship nights. And, and I, I'm, I'm envisioning a 24-hour burn and, and, and fasting. And I'm going to start fasting. If anyone wants to start fasting, like, fast. Because I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I want it all. Like, <laughs> I want so much more of God. Because there's so much more to give. Like, I, keep, I read about these crazy revivals, like, where they're, like, changing complete cities. You know, they change hours of operation. They, they, the, the Dutch revival, like, they, they literally, their soccer team, like, they didn't even have a championship one year. Like, it's just like, you look at the stats, it's like, boom, 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 revival, boom, 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 boom. Like, it stops everything. What's a, a funny story about, so, so they had coal mines, right? And they, they, would, they would, the way that they trained the donkeys was they, they would give them commands, but they were cuss words, right? So they would use bad words in the, in the coal mines. And all the coal miners ended up getting saved. So they went to work. And they said, well, we can't say those words anymore. <laughs> and the donkeys wouldn't do what they needed them to do. And they couldn't retrain them. They, they tried, and they ended up having to go get whole new donkeys. Like, that's how crazy that revival was. Like, they needed new donkeys. Like, I want, that's what I want for this church. I want new donkeys. Okay, so this is part two of being fruitful and increase in numbers. Um, last week I told you about, about this, this, this amazing man who is so faithful and he, he goes to church every single week. He's 92 years old. He's been faithful his entire life. But in a Bible study, he said... I don't know what God's plan is for my life. And, I, and, and we talked about that last week, and we went back to Genesis, and, and we looked at what, what, our, what our, our plan is for our lives. Like, we looked at the basic plan, right? And, and something else, like, for those of you that don't know, like, my family and I, two years ago, actually, I think we got back, like, today, two years ago, we, we came back from Mozambique, Africa, and where we gathered, and we were there for three months, and we were with a bunch of other people on fire for God, people that felt like they were getting called to the nations. 
and, and everyone was excited to leave. And, and, and I try to stay in touch with a lot of people. And, and most of them, a lot of them are doing just crazy things all over the world. Like it's, it's, I used to hate Facebook, but now I love it because I've got rid of all the negative stuff. Like, so if you post bad stuff, I, I don't follow you. Just, just so don't get offended if you go, oh, I put it on Facebook. I'm like, so, but, the, but they, they're doing amazing things all over the world. And, and, and that's the type of stuff that I like to be reminded. But we have some very good friends that, that you know, during Harvard School, they felt called to these crazy places. They're like, Daniel, I, I'm called to ABC third world country. Like, they don't even have water there. And it's this unreached people group. And, and they were so excited. And then they got home. And like, a year later, I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, good. I go, what are you up to? Ah, oh, you know, I, I feel like we're still called to that country, but the doors, God hasn't opened the doors yet, so we're just waiting. I said, okay, like, but what are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting. And see, it bothered me. It bothered me because, because sometimes I think we constantly wait for our calling, right? But sometimes our calling is right in front of us, right? And maybe they're called to, the, I'm not doubting what they're called to, but maybe God's waiting for them to steward what's in front of them first. If you can't be a missionary to the people right in front of you, how is God going to use you somewhere in some crazy country where bullets are flying? So yesterday, everyone knows what happened in El Paso, yeah? 20 people died. And it might be more because there's a lot of people in, in critical condition. And, and I hear these stories. And then there was something in, like, Ohio last night. And you look at Facebook, and messages start flying. And you turn on the news just to hear what happened. And everyone is blaming everything. And I'm not here. This is not a political conversation, right? Like, I, I respect everyone's views on politics and things. But, but I hear about... I hear people blaming guns, right? They, they, a lot of people think, well, if there wasn't guns, then this wouldn't happen. I hear people blame politicians, right? I hear people blaming God. Like, God, God, is, God is doing this to punish someone. Or God is doing this to be, some people, at least some people are like, well, God's doing it for a greater good. But no, like, right? I hear, I hear like, like, this guy was a racist psychopath, right? And, and we're pointing fingers at everyone, everyone else. But I think, I think so badly, like, we need to start looking in the mirror. <laughs> you see, this, this man, this, this, this very, very confused guy, 20, 21 years old, young, He's not, he's not a racist psychopath. He, he, this, guy, this guy is a child of God, like you and I. And I know it's hard to think about because he just did something 
crazy. He took lives and he ruined people's lives. Like people, people will carry this type of pain for the rest of their lives. There was a soccer team raising funds, like a little kid soccer team, raising funds who watched their coaches get killed. See, this guy did a horrendous, horrendous evil thing. But I'm going to tell you the truth. It has nothing to do with guns. It has nothing to do with politics. It has, it's not God's will. The issue is it's identity. You see, he didn't know who he was. I just told you who he is. And it's hard to choke down after what he's done. But that's, that's who he is. That's who he still is. See, he didn't know who he was, or at least he didn't believe it. Because if he knew Jesus, if he knew who he was, if he knew his identity, that's our fault. That's my fault. God created us. And he told us to multiply, right? We talked about this last week. He told us to be fruitful. He told us to expand his people. And in the beginning, it was about Adam. And it was about a physical multiplication. And, and now, through Abraham's faith, right? We, we covered this last week. And we're called to rule, right? We're called to rule over creation. And we talked about what ruling looks like. It's about serving creation, right? We failed. You see... We need to know who we are. And we need to know what we're called to do. And, and, and we talked about the, the authority. I'm not going to get too much into last week's thing. If you're interested, I can probably email it to you. And someday, maybe this week, we might have our website up and you can pull up our stuff. But, but Jesus has commissioned us, right? Matthew 28 18 through 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Just real quick, just say, I want you to say, And surely he is with me. Till when? Forever. <laughs> That's forever. He's always with you. We need to remember that. So, so this wasn't a new command, right? Last week, we, we traced back, just for those of you that weren't here, we traced back from Genesis all the way to Jesus' command, how, how we, we've, we've, we've been created for a purpose. We've been given a job. And it hasn't changed, right? It's just the only difference is instead of by physical multiplication, it's by faith. Right? We're still called to be fruitful 
and to increase in number. So, so and I'll just remind Genesis 1:28. God bless him and said, "Say blessed." So this is not just a command, it's a blessing. <laughs> Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature. So we are made in his image. We are called to subdue the earth and we are called to multiply. So we know what our commission is, right? And we talk about it a lot. But I, I want to go back to I want to go back to Pentecost because Pentecost was amazing, and that's what I'm praying for. So that's what I'm going after here. <laughs> like, I, I I can't have anything less. So, there I go again. I'm hungry, you guys. Like, <laughs> I want more. So so Acts two four right? They were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. Filled and equipped. That's what it says in the the Passion translation. There's a purpose for being filled, right? Now, but going back a little bit, in, in Acts 1, we knew Jesus was with his disciples for 40 days, right? And he was training them in how I wish to know what he did for those 40 days. I mean, I'm assuming that we learned a lot by what the disciples did through Acts and, and how they taught in the letters, but could you imagine just being there for 40 days? Totally different. So <clears throat> Acts 1:4, Jesus commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Jesus commissioned them, and now he is promising to give them the gift that will equip them. Right? It's a gift. And, and it's for equipping. It's for equipping because we need to be able to do what we're called to do. Right? So, so before Pentecost, do you guys remember, like, and I'm not going to get, but the disciples were scared, right? So, so we know that there was 120 at the day of Pentecost in this upper room, but there was no preaching and gospel. There was no multiplication going on. There was no, they'd already been given their commission, right? But they, 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 didn't, they, they hadn't stepped into it yet, right? They were scared, they were like, and, and rightfully so. They, I was gonna, they're, they were scared little sissies, but but really, like, they would probably get killed. I mean, that's what they were afraid of. They were afraid to be put in prison, right? They were hiding out. And we need, I just want you to picture this. They're just in this, this upper room, 120 of them. Someone would open the door, and I'm sure they all kind of got worried, right? Started looking, who's here? But after, after Pentecost, they went from scared little sissies. They could be like, our pastor totally said that disciples were sissies. <laughs> but they went from scared little sissies to proclaiming the gospel boldly. What changed? The Holy Spirit fell. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the gospel boldly. Right? 
at whatever cost. Like, they went from being worried about getting thrown in jail to later on we read in Acts where they get thrown in jail and they, they get out and they're like, we're going to proclaim the gospel anyways. <laughs> like, they didn't care, right? And a lot of it led to, to, to torture and even death, right? They preached the gospel as they were getting stoned. The Holy Spirit equips us. You guys might not believe this, but I'm not, I'm not someone that speaks in front of public. Like, I used to, if you thought they were sissies, like, I was the biggest sissy. Like, when I got saved, and a little bit after, I was asked to share my testimony. And I had this like little spiritual battle. Like at first I said yes, and I'm like, no, like <laughs> it was back and forth. But the time, like I finally was like, I'm gonna do it, right? I'm gonna do it. And and I had it written out, and I went through it a few times, and two other people were supposed to say it the same night and they didn't, or the same morning and they didn't do it, they backed out, which just put more pressure on. And so the pastor calls my name and goes, Daniel's going to share his testimony. And I'm like, uh-uh, I am not. And he's like, Daniel. And I'm like, and so, like, I was probably sitting where Daniela is, and I was there, and he goes, well, just read it. And so he came to me, and he had one of those, like, ear mics. So he takes off the ear mic, and he's, like, holding it in front of my face. So... I put down my head, yes. <laughs> and I read my testimony, and I shook so bad. I mean, I shook. I don't know if anyone understood. I was hoping a lady that goes to that church, she comes here sometimes. I was hoping she'd be here today, but she's not. I couldn't speak in front of people. They would ask to, to read the scripture in front, of, and oh, no. But now, now I proclaim the gospel boldly. Because I've been filled with the Spirit. Right? Because what we couldn't do before, we can do again. We can do now. Right? Because the Holy Spirit does what? Equips. And I think we forget that. Like, the Holy, there, there's a purpose for the Holy Spirit. So, so we read about, we, we, we talked about the disciples, but what's even crazier is Apostle Paul. Right? He gets knocked off his horse. He gets brought to a room. Right? He was totally against Christians. He was out there persecuting them. Right? He was a bold dude. Like, that didn't change. Like, he was a bold guy. But he was bold for the wrong side. Right? And so he goes to the room, and he's sitting there. And then Ananias comes, and he ends up praying over him, right? Because God tells him to. Paul gets filled with the Spirit, and what happens? He ends up in the synagogues. Like, that's bold. Like, could you imagine, like, right now, like, Michael, do you accept Jesus in your heart? Yeah, boom. 
filled with the Holy Spirit, he's like, where's the temple at? <laughs> right? But, but because it's, the, the Holy Spirit is for equipping. See, and I, I bring this up because I, I shared my dream last week. And I think Jesus is teaching us, and he wants us to be ready for when that spirit drops. And I know most of us here have been filled with the spirit. And if you haven't, we're going to pray for you afterwards. Because you need it, because you can't do the, what, what Jesus has called you to do without it. You can't. Like, I can sit here until I'm blue in my face and tell you, go preach a gospel. But I don't want you to unless you've been filled with the spirit. And there, it is a separate thing. Like, sometimes in Acts, you read, like, they get baptized in water and the Spirit. People, sometimes it's, it's a very separate thing. So it's, it's, it is separate. So if you haven't been filled with the Spirit, man, let us pray for you. So there's evidence throughout the New Testament, right, of how people were filled with the Spirit, and then they just started proclaiming the gospel. We've been given the Holy Spirit to fill and equip us. In Isaiah, I love this. Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. We cry out. Like, we cry out more, God. I know we do. I know this group does. But how many of us are crying out, send me? God wants people that are willing to go out. And, and don't make this, what I'm saying today, religious, okay? It, it, I'm not giving a formula to being filled with the Spirit. I'm not giving anything. My whole purpose is here is to, to speak over you and me who we are and what we're called to do. So we don't end up 92 years old and go, I've been faithful and I've been going to church every single Sunday and I love the Lord, but I don't know what I've been called to do. Because that's sad. There's so much more, and God is calling us, and, and we need to prepare our hearts to say, send me. If we're going to cry out more God, we have to step out of our own ability. Like, if, 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 if we don't, then we don't need God. This is what I, I, I've said this before, but... If we constantly stay within our own comfort zone and within our own ability, we tell God we don't need you. You might be crying to him on your knees, saying, more God. But if, if you don't step into what he tells you to, if you, if you don't step into how he created you, but you're crying more God. Like, does that make sense? Like, it's like... Apple trees produce apples. 
right? <laughs> Christians produce disciples, right? And, and it's not about being comfortable. Last week, we talked about, right? And, and we read it today. We're called to subdue the earth. We're called to multiply. We're called to rule. And it's time for us to start acting like it. I mean, I was afraid to give my testimony. Like, <laughs> I want you guys to think about that. Like, me being up here is a huge testimony in itself. Like, what God has done in my heart and how God has changed me, I can honestly say, like, I can't do it without him. I come here every morning before service and say, God, I need you to do it again <laughs> because I can't. Because I'm a scared little sissy. <laughs> but do you realize, like, when we put ourselves in situations where we know it's not our ability, that's when he shows up. Do you know how many times on the street when I'm praying for a healing and I'm like, God, please show up because we're both going to look stupid if you don't? I say that. Like, I know that sounds bad, but I do say it. If I'm telling someone that I want to pray for their healing and they don't get healed, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if I stand up here and he doesn't help me, and I tell you guys that he's in me, and I sound stupid. I'm not the only one that's going to sound stupid. <laughs> Something I think about, I'm sorry. So we know what we've been called to do. And I know it looks different for each of us. Luke 9, 1 and 2. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases and sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. It's the same thing. And we traced it through the Old Testament, right? We're called to proclaim the good news. We're called to heal the sick. We're even called to raise the dead and heal the lepers and cast out demons. And I'm telling you right now that signs and wonders are part of the gospel. Jesus demonstrated it. I hear people say, Daniel, it's not about signs and wonders. Well, right. It's about Jesus. But it's kind of about signs and wonders because Jesus made it about signs and wonders. That's what we're called to do. I, uh, I don't even remember where I was reading it, but I read, signs and wonders are the dinner bell to salvation. And I liked it. And I think it could be expanded. I'd be like, signs and wonders are the dinner bell to faith, right? Because when we see them, we, we're saved, right? I think everyone in this room is saved. But when we see signs of wonder, it increases my faith. And when I hear testimonies, it increases my faith. So I like that. Signs and wonders are the dinner bell to increase our faith. 
So the, the Holy Spirit empowers us. I'm working on our webpage, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it, we get it done this week, maybe. But I put on there, a Jesus-following, Bible-believing, people-loving, Spirit-powered church. Because that's what we are. Right? We've been commissioned. And Jesus says, and this is hard. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? In John, 1 John, it says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Seems harsh, right? But see, Scripture is constantly telling us who we are because the devil is constantly lying and telling us we are something we are not. We constantly read who we are because the devil's always in our, he's always in my ear. I don't know if about yours, but he's always in my ear, still telling me, this is all junk. I have doubts. But this is, this is what the devil does. See, he goes after my identity. And he goes after your identity. And he went after that 21-year-old's identity. Right? He went after Jesus' identity. Right? Jesus gets baptized in water. The Holy Spirit falls on him. They hear an audible voice from God saying, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Jesus marches off into the desert. And the, what does the devil do? The very first thing. If you are the son of God. And the next thing, if you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. And then he tries to promise him an inheritance that Jesus already had. Because that's how the devil operates. If we know who we are, this world would look so much different. If everyone knew who they were. But that's our job. Right? Jesus commissioned us. God said, Go be fruitful and rule over all my other creation because you are very good. He said it to Adam and Eve, right? He said it to Noah. He said it to Abraham. And that was part of the Abrahamic covenant. And now we've been grafted into it. And by faith, we're part of that same covenant. So that's our job. So, so when something bad happens in the world... And I'm not saying be hard on yourself, but let it fire you up. Because if that man knew Jesus, like if he truly experienced him, I'm not saying sit there and run in people's face and believe this or you're going to hell. That's not the type of gospel I'm talking about. The gospel is about love. It's about experiencing God. 
See, because I could talk someone into believing in Jesus temporarily. Right? But, but the weight of the world is going to be against them. Like, it's against us. And if you don't have that true experience with God, it's really hard to make that walk. It's really hard to take that walk. That's why signs and wonders are the dinner bell. Because they're so important. Because when I talk about signs and wonders, I'm talking about you're experiencing Jesus. Got that. Got that. Got that. <laughs> so, I, I've told this group, and you, and you know, I'm like, if you bring a non-believer here, that's great, but I'm not going to preach the gospel, right? I'm, I'm preaching to mature believers. Like, we are the church, and we've decided as a church family to be a group of people who know Jesus and are going after God and who are making disciples out on the streets, right? Now, if you want to bring a non-believer, I say it's okay, and I'm going to pray, God, deal with that. And I'm going to, I'm going to preach what I do. I say all that because I'm going to preach the gospel right now. I'm going to preach the gospel because I think I want, to, I want to show you how I do it. And this doesn't have to be how you do it, okay? But, but this is something that we, do, we did with the refugees. It's something that we do on church on the street. And, and, and this, is, this is just kind of, and of course it depends on who you're preaching it to, Right? So, so the first thing I say, and I say to you right now, is your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus took them on the cross, right? Jesus came and he announced his gospel was two things. Your sins are forgiven, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everyone put out your hands. That's not very far away. Right? He was telling the people that was walking with him. You put down your hands now. He was telling the people that was walking with him. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus was right there. Jesus died on the cross for us. Right? And he rose from the grave. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is inside you. So Jesus came and proclaimed, your sins are forgiven and the king of, kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I'm here to tell you, the kingdom of heaven is here. Amen. Your sins are forgiven and the kingdom of heaven is here now. We can clap for that. That's, that's good news. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is now. Jesus, see, see the Jews... They were their Messiah. The reason why they were disappointed and they, they didn't catch it, they didn't realize, because their Messiah was going to come and rule. He was going to come and he was going to take over and he was going to establish his kingdom and they were going to rule the earth. And I'm here telling you, that's what he did. That's what he did. We don't always act like it, but that's what he did. Okay? Because, because now he prayed on earth as it is in heaven. And we get to have a piece of that now. 
So I say the kingdom of heaven is now, but not yet. Because there will be a completion, right? See, Jesus came down and he, he filled us with his spirit, right? And we are called his temple, right? The temple, temple theology, the temple is where God dwells, right? So the Garden of Eden was the first temple. Right? And we've talked about it. We've gone through the whole dwelling message here. But we are where heaven and earth meet. Right? And, and there's, there is a promise someday where heaven comes down to earth. Right? And that's going to be complete. And that's when we're going to see his face. Right? That's when we're going to see his face again. But, but right now, we're the temple. So we're where heaven and earth meet. That's why we can do miracles, signs, and wonders in his name. Yeah? Yes? That's good. But this is what's crazy. I want you to think about this. So if Michael's not a believer, and I go share the gospel with him, and he accepts Jesus, and the Holy Spirit falls, now it's not just me, but it's Michael and I. So as we share the gospel... We're actually bringing more of heaven to earth. I truly think that's why it's so powerful when we come together in a corporate setting. Right? Because we can worship by ourselves. I worship all the time by myself. I was on my face here like two hours before service. But there's something when we come together. Because I say there's a whole lot of heaven in this room. Right? But that's, that's the job. That when Jesus said, go make disciples of nations, we're called to, to increase his kingdom on earth. We're not waiting to die to go fly in a cloud and play a harp. Man, Jesus, if that's your plan, please change it because that would suck for me. Like, I would go crazy. Right? We hear that. Like, do you, that's the gospel we hear. Like, do you know where you're going? If you die today, where are you going? <laughs> but man, we can experience heaven today. Right? That 21-year-old could experience heaven now. He still can. I pray that some inmate teaches him who he is. I pray that there's someone like Irene down in El Paso or wherever he goes. Man, this guy, they're talking about death penalty. And I said, Lord, make it go long enough so, so he, someone could share the gospel with him. Because that's not who he is. Like, I, I don't believe it. <sighs> Kingdom of heaven is now. Then what I usually do in a service or wherever I'm at is I pray for something. I'm trying to get a word of knowledge. Come on, God. So I have a problem with their left ear. Like I, I, I feel like maybe an ear infection or I don't know. 
Praise God. Does anyone want to be healed right now? <laughs> what can we pray for? Michael's going to pray for you. Who else? Star. Will you go pray for Star, please? Please. Please. You're bold. There you go. Will you pray for him, Star? See, it's not me. Like, you all carry the same spirit. But see, people experience Jesus. We go in front of the refugees, and we do this, right? And we, we, we pray for people, and pre- people either just feel his presence when we pray for him. It might not be a, 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 a healing, but it might just be they feel his presence, or they feel his love, but they experience him in some way, right? So we got kicked out of the church for preaching the gospel, Right? We got kicked out of a church for preaching the gospel. And then we got in front of, we got in front of like 15 times more people where all the refugees go for the city. And we get through like, I don't know how many different security guards that kept telling us no. And we ended up there. And they let us pray for them. And I had a word of knowledge about someone's ear, actually. And their ear got healed. We asked right there because they were, they were like, you don't have much time. you got to do it quick. And I didn't want to take advantage. So I, I asked, who else has pain? Fifteen people raised their hand. And instead of praying for each one individually, because I think we might have got kicked out and not been welcomed back, which we are totally welcome back now. But we, we, we let them lay hands on each other. And we walked them through. A healing prayer. And out of those 15 people, 14 people were healed. And we all got gathered around. And they all want that experience. See, when you truly experience God and you ask them, do you want this every day? They say yes. See, a lot of the refugees are actually, they come over and they're Catholic. And actually, most of them don't even really know about Jesus, like they're a different type of Catholic. But the guy on the cross, I got that once. <laughs> you mean the guy that's on the cross? <laughs> I've been a Catholic my whole life. Uh, I'm not backing out Catholics, I'm talking about there. I always get myself in trouble. <laughs> right. Um, and and, and we, we do this, and we walk them through it. And, and before the meeting, they would have said that they were saved, right? They'd, they'd already been saved. They'd been baptized. But you ask them afterwards, have you ever experienced this? And they go, no. Do you want it every day? And they accept Jesus. And then, and then what we get to do is we get to tell them, now that you have Jesus and you carry the same spirit. See, we had 15 refugees, and we had like, 30 people laying hands on them. And I have no idea where their faith was. But Jesus used it. Because <laughs> he's, it doesn't matter. It's him. Right? So, so, 
we get to share with them. We get to share with people that, that now, now that they're filled with the Spirit, now that they know Jesus, they get to go share, right? We talk about spreading heaven on earth. Because that's the gospel. We don't get saved to sit here and just wait till we die. What am I missing? So back to El Paso. Like, I hear tragedies like that in Ohio. And actually, my, my cousin's best friend in Kansas, a pastor's daughter, was at a festival during the day and walked across the street to a food truck and caught a random bullet from some spat that people were having down the road. So I hear about that, and I go, oh, my God. If only they knew who they were. Not just them, though, but even, even the Christians around them. <laughs> right? Even the Christians that they had contact with them. Because I bet that 21-year-old, he's probably a super weird guy. Like, he's probably awkward. Probably one of those guys that you saw. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Maybe he was super charismatic and happy. But I don't think so. Right? And, and probably someone that you wouldn't even say hi to. And so I say, like, not only do I wish that he knew who, but I wish that the people that could have had an influence, the people that could have told him who he was, knew who they were. Because I'm not telling you that you need to do this to go to heaven. Like, this is not what I'm telling you to do. I'm saying apple tree, produce apples. <laughs> do what you've been created to do. Does that make sense? Like, remember, it's a blessing. Like, this is God's blessing on our lives. Right? We have the world telling us that it's not. Right? We have the world telling us that it's uncomfortable. And it is uncomfortable. Like, it's still not comfortable for me. Right? But when God uses you, when you walk up to the random person, right? Maybe you just ask God one day, today, God, I want you to highlight the person that needs to know who they are. Today, God, show me the people that you want me to show them who you are. Because it's an identity thing. It's all an identity thing. And, our, and our, our country right now is dealing with some serious identity issues. And it's making things even more confusing. We live in this postmodernism era where, where truth is whatever we, we feel like it should be. But that's not who we are. Because God created us. And he created us to love him and to be with him. And he gave us a job. He gave us a blessing. I'm going to quit saying job because it sounds like work. He gave us a blessing. Because that's what it says in the Bible. It says blessing in the Bible. He gave us a blessing. So today I say be filled with the Spirit and proclaim the gospel boldly and subdue the earth and rule over it and love 
creation, because that's what it is to rule. And follow Jesus' example of ruling. Be who he created you to be. And maybe it doesn't happen like this. Maybe <laughs> it'd be awesome. Like everyone's like, let's do it. Let's save the world. <laughs> I know it's a process. But as long as we keep working towards something, we'll get there. Right? The worst thing I hear is someone say, Daniel, I'm not an evangelist, and I feel uncomfortable when I tell people about Jesus. I'm called to give financially. I'm like, great, my box is in the back, but that's, that's, <laughs> but, but that's not what you're called to do. Right? We're called to do that. But, but it's not just an evangelist that's supposed to preach the gospel boldly. An evangelist is to equip the saints. So I'm an evangelist at heart. So I have a heart to get you all to evangelize. <laughs> because evangelism is everyone's job. Proclaiming the gospel is everyone's job. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Overflowing with the Spirit? Working in signs and wonders? Do what you were created to do. Man, I love you all so much. <laughs> I love you so much, and I love that we can have tough discussions. And I love that we can challenge each other. Because I think it's a sad day when we come together and we pat each other on the back and say, you got it all figured out. Because when we say we have it all figured out, or if we say that, that we don't do something because I'm not an evangelist, or I don't do it because I'm uncomfortable, or I don't do it because, or I don't do it because, we don't give God much to work with. We set a line. But if we say, God, I know that this is my calling, and I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but it, it's really hard, and I need your help, he can work with that. Does that make sense? Like, Let's quit making excuses and let's step outside of our box. Let's quit when we stay in our box. I'm telling you, it's a prophetic act of saying, God, I don't need you. It is. Because I, if I stay in my box, I didn't need to be saved. I didn't need to. Be... Right? If I'm going to do the same thing as I did before I had the spirit, what's the point? I need God, and I'm going to keep stepping out. And I want to encourage you guys to, too. So let me pray. Did I go? No, all right. Jesus, I thank you that you created us for greatness. I thank you that you created everything, and you put us in charge of it. Teach us how to steward creation better. Teach us how to step into who we are, God. I need you to. And God, I, I, I am begging you, equip us right now. Equip us with your Holy Spirit on a whole new level. Right now, God, so we can go out. Equip us because we can't do it without you. Nothing I said today makes any sense unless you're here. 
nothing I said today makes any sense unless you're filling us and you're partnering with us and you're equipping us to do what you've called us to do. Let you say, you say, Lord, oh Lord, and you do as I command. I want you to say that over my life. I want you to say that over this family's life. Jesus, I thank you. God, we need more. God, we need more. In your mighty name. Amen. If anyone needs prayer for anything, if you have not been filled with the Spirit, or if you want a refreshing in the Spirit, I want us all to come up. Like, whoever can stay, I know it's been, it's late, but I want us, whoever can pray, I want to lay hands on people, I want, I want, there's something powerful being hands laid on. I want to go after more. I have to go after more of God. I want us to know what we're called to do so we, when we can have it poured out, we just start, I want revival stemming out of this church. I see revival stemming out of this church, and I know every other church is saying that, but I believe it for this one. <laughs> I know every other pastor is saying it, but I know it's this one. God is preparing us and he's giving us a hunger and he's brought, I think every single crazy charismatic in this town to this church. You don't bring this much faith into one room and, and not expect something big to happen. So, we're going to pray. I'm going to turn this off. If you have to go, it's, it's, it's 5 o'clock. If you have to go, there's no offense. There's never an offense in this house. Okay? So, so 